No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schaap. ESPN senior writer, Howard Bryant. Howard, thank you for joining us. Hey, Jeremy. This is the first one of 2020 for us, isn't it? I think it is. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. <laughs> um, we've got a lot to get to, Howard. So, so let me start with the news this week, the Astros and their apology tour. Uh, obviously, the first go-around was inadequate, many people felt. Now it seems they're giving it another shot, and they're trying to... Uh, I don't want to um, be disparaging, but they're they're trying to convey true contrition. How does it all strike you? I don't see that at all, Jeremy, really, if we're being honest. I feel like... I feel like we're getting all kinds of messages, and I think it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out what's what. Let's start from the beginning. Number one, the commissioner, Rob Manfred's report at the beginning of this, his investigation said this was a player-driven scheme, and yet the players weren't punished, okay, which I understood in a couple of ways. I interpreted that as, uh, this is a CBA year. Maybe this was something that Manfred didn't want to really affect negotiations as MLB is going into a contract year. I also thought it was a softball to the owner, Jim Crane, to make sure that he still had a good team. I mean, okay, you can get rid of Jeff Luno. You can actually, you know, you can, you can suspend A.J. Hinch for a year. But that's still a 100-win team they've got. That's still a contending World Series-level team. And so... So the one thing that Jim Crane walked out of, despite the scandal, is they still can win the World Series this year with Dusty Baker as their manager. So then we move on to something else, which was now we start to hear from the players. Jose Altuve has been completely um, unconvincing. Alex Bregman, slightly more convincing. Marwin Gonzalez, who was on that 2017 team and and – and Carlos Correa, much more convincing. I think that they recognize that, that they did something wrong. I, I saw, you know, I've heard contrition out of them. Then you listen to A.J. Hinch and the, the interview he did with Tom Verducci on MLB Network. And A.J. Hinch, I covered A.J. Hinch as a rookie in 1998 with the Oakland A's. I've known A.J. for 20 years. Um, completely unconvincing on one on one specific point, which was, did you, you know, can you assure us that the players didn't, you know, weren't wearing buzzers? And he said, oh, well, the, the commissioner's report covered this. Why not just say no? Um, so that struck me as, as strange. And now we see the Jim Crane uh, press conference this morning down in West Palm. And again, it didn't affect the outcome. Of course, it affected the outcome. That's why you did it. Of course. Well, it's ridiculous. It's like saying, well, we did steroids, but they didn't help me. It said, well, why would you, <laughs> why would you do it? And so, so to me, I don't, I don't feel, I, I feel like there are many more questions than answers. I feel like Rob Manfred has a lot to answer for. And once again, I, I think that Manfred has to answer for a couple of other things, which is why are teams requesting 
moving their replay rooms closer to the dugout. And why did you, why did Major League Baseball grant these requests, which is in the report? And also the Wall Street Journal, both the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post pieces really undermine and destroy the credibility of that report. It's obvious that these were not, that this, you know, that this scandal goes far beyond the players. And on the one hand, it's like, okay, it's okay to blame the players because that's what management always does. And you get to keep the Astros intact as a good team. But on the other hand, this is something that goes upstairs into management and you only gave Jim Crane a $5 million fine. So it's going to be really interesting to me, Jeremy, to see two things. One, how Manfred deals with this. Obviously, I think he'll shield himself and with the expectation that this will all go away. But the other thing to watch out for, as you well know from everything that we've covered over the years, something else is coming with some other teams. I mean, the fact that that the Oakland A's and these other teams and the Nationals have all said that they went out and they formally complain to Major League Baseball. That doesn't strike me as some renegade player-driven thing. We're speaking with Howard Bryant, the ESPN senior writer. And, you know, it's it's not easy to make Pete Rose seem sympathetic. Not to me. Um, well, well, I'm saying to some people, because there are people out there saying, you know what? Hey, Pete Rose has a point. How do they not punish these guys? Yeah, but he's still... He's- Guilty though. Oh, of course he is, and and I agree with you, Howard. But you can see how people would say, "All right, so Pete Rose violated this rule; he was banned for life." Yeah, these guys violated the rules. They cheated. They got caught. They've got them red-handed, and they don't get so much as a slap on the wrist. Absolutely. Um, you can understand how there's some dissonance there. I do, and and, and there and there is, and there absolutely is. However. For Pete Rose to then take the extra step to apply for reinstatement, come on, Pete, this, this is not that. You lied about your gambling as a player, as a manager. You, you know, you, you know, they asked you to do specific things. You didn't do it. They had you on the major league broadcast. You were on your way to re, you know, to rehabilitation, and you blew that. But the point, the point where there where there is some validity to this is is the complete inconsistency of it all and the selective justice of it all. No, no doubt about that. And that's, and, and that's where you, that's what I, what I'm talking about, about Manfred losing credibility and about the sport losing credibility, because when you're trying to make sense of things, you have to have some consistency and you don't have any of it here. So that opens the door for people like Pete Rose to go, what are you guys doing? We're speaking with Howard Bryant about what's going on in baseball, the Astro sign-stealing scandal. We're still uh, expecting more fallout over the coming weeks. We haven't got a decision yet, or we have not had an announcement anyway about the Red Sox in 2018 and Alex Cora when they won the World Series. Howard Bryant's newest book is Full Dissidence, Notes from an Uneven Playing Field. And we had the announcement this week as well from Colin Kaepernick. You've been covering his story since the fall of 2016 um, when he made um, his decision uh, not to uh, stand at attention during the national anthem. Playing in the national anthem became a matter of national debate. And now he's announced that he's forming a publishing company and it's going to publish his memoir. 
And we, you know, one thing we've talked a lot about Colin Kaepernick the last few years, but we haven't heard, of course, much from him. Um, what did you make of this announcement? Well, I think it's I, I think it's important, I, I, and I applaud it and appreciate the fact that Colin Kaepernick is still moving forward with this. You know, because think about the the types of criticism that he received. Oh, he's not really an activist. Oh, he's an opportunist. Oh, he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't. So it, he is. He undergoes a constant bombardment about the sincerity of his actions. And when you read the release about the re- relationship with Audible, about the publishing company, in addition to the memoir, I think the real news is the publishing company that he is committing. He's committing his resources and he's committing his time to essentially tell stories. Uh, and in that release, the, the part that jumped out at me was the black and brown story and talking about telling those stories. And what that said to me was that was an immediate shot across the bow that he does not feel that the mainstream white media of which we are both a part of can be trusted. And it explains the fact that he hasn't given an interview since January, 2017. And the fact that, Hey, the only way, what do we say? If you, need something done, you got to do it yourself. It's obvious that what he's doing is he is parlaying his name as an activist, as a black man, as an anti-establishment person, as somebody to those dissidents out there, to the Mahmoud Raoufs and the John Carlos's and the Tommy Smiths and the rest of the world out there, that here's a place you can go to be trusted. And also to people who want to tell black stories that they feel or minority stories that they feel are being ignored by the mainstream or that the mainstream never touches. Essentially, what I what I read from that release was here's a place you can go that can be prominent, where you can be protected and you can tell the story in a way that's not going to get manipulated. So in some ways, it all sort of makes sense that he wasn't going to speak to the media. He wasn't going to give interviews. He doesn't trust us. And so what do you do when you don't trust? You try to create an entity yourself that you think is going to represent you fairly. So I, I, I think it's a fascinating next step for him. Obviously, you and I know the publishing world in 2020 is, is not the most stable of businesses. But, but, but as, an, as an idea, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he produces. And Howard, you know, you said he doesn't trust the mainstream media and there are a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum of course who feel that way but you know Colin Kaepernick by at least most I would say of the mainstream sports media has been celebrated and there's certainly you know Sports Illustrated Man of the Year all that kind of stuff and I I, you know and and if you're going to put yourself in a position you know these days you know you can have your own record you keep your own tape of whatever you have to say you have opportunities to disseminate things yourself and royalty all all Mm -hmm. that stuff so there's really nobody in the media he could have trusted in the last three years to help tell his story well I think I think there are I think there are individuals he trusts but I don't think there were entities that he trusts and I think the reason why he doesn't trust them, and I would tend to, this is probably the show where I've disagreed with you the most, Jeremy. It's surprising. I'm, wor- <laughs> I'm worried about that. Um, you, you mean the topic? And the topic. Well, I, I, I disagree with the, with the idea that he has been largely celebrated. I don't think he has. I, I think that when you, I think when you look at, I mean, obviously in terms of the awards and everything, sure, we recognize that he was wronged. And I think people on our side of the business, people who, who do the types of stories that you do and the stories that, that I do, I think we recognize 
what he's gone through. But I think when you look at the general mainstream sports media, he's 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 gotten a completely unfair shake. And I think the thing that 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 is probably most concerning is because of the whole rights holder relationship. He's going up against a machine. He's going up against CBS NFL rights holder, ESPN you know NFL rights holder, Fox NFL rights holder. So I don't. So when you're him, you're looking at this, and and how many times whether. You know, whether you're looking at the morning shows or whether you're looking at the halftime shows or the pregames or whatever, he's constantly being shaped in a way that, you know, that creates, I mean, even just his, his entire protest, his entire protest never really centered on what the protest was about. It, it had been distorted into him being unpatriotic and talking about the military, even though he wasn't talking about the troops at all. So I I understand it. I didn't love it. I mean, hell, I've gone back and forth with Colin for three, four years now about talking, and he's an elusive figure. Colin does, you know, he's shy. He doesn't really trust in a lot of ways. He has reason not to trust. But, you know, you and I have been in a very similar boat over the years when we've had to deal with some of these folks where it's like we have to try to sometimes appeal to, to separate the relationship, the individual relationship from the person place you work for. I mean, Colin pretty much, Colin pretty much told me point blank, you work for ESPN, love you, but ain't talking to you. Howard Bryant's newest book is Full Dissidence, Notes from an Uneven Playing Field. Howard, it is always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us for the first time, but not the last time in 2020. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm Jeremy Schapp. And you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.